Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, the Valentine's edition of our kink panel. Let's have a kinky Valentine. What does that mean? We'll find out when they uh, get into studio. But first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. You can always email me your questions as well to laurie at drlaurie.com, as this person has done. I've been in a relationship with my significant other for four years now. We are engaged, live together, and we're both in our late 20s. We've had some trouble with frequency of sex, as I feel like I have a significantly higher libido than he does. In the beginning, when I would initiate, he would turn me down, which severely affected my self-esteem. I've stopped initiating since and feel like he should desire and want me more and more often. This has led us to have sex probably once a month, and often it is because I complain about it or because he knows it is bothering me. I highly, highly doubt he is cheating on me, and we are together all the time outside of work hours, so I don't think he is masturbating that often either. I've brought it up many, many times over the years, and he is aware that this is an issue. He knows it bothers me. Uh, how I am ready and open to get help if this is a medical issue for him, how a healthy sex life is important to me, how I feel undesired, and how I want him to be open with me about what the problem is. Alas, all he says is that he doesn't feel like it. Sex isn't that important to him. He has no sex drive, no energy, and no will to do it when he's so drained. But when we do have sex, it is great. And according to him, the best sex ever, and why don't we do this often? I don't know what to do to fix us anymore because this whole intimacy issue has driven me away emotionally and turned me off physically. Every time we're in bed together, even though he is super affectionate, I feel so heavy and questioning all the reasons why he doesn't want to satisfy us and connect in that way. I don't want it to ruin the amazing relationship we have, but I know that inside of me I will be unhappy until this is resolved and don't know where to begin. Is this medical? Is he lying to me and getting off himself, someone else? Is there a solution. So believe it or not, this is uh, not an uncommon issue that uh, that I hear. We often associate low libido with women, but no, there are men too who have um, sometimes very low libido or no libido as this person has, but there is an issue here. Um, in your 20s, I highly doubt it is something uh, physical, but seeing as like you've been, he's been dealing with this for four years, I'm surprised that he hasn't wanted to figure out what the heck is wrong with him. Either he is asexual and just has no zero interest or attraction or anything, um, but or it's something that has changed. Has he always been this way? Is this something new? Is this related to something else? Is this a symptom of depression? Is he, uh, could he be depressed, uh, burned out, et cetera, et cetera? So there's got to be something that's happening there. It's unlikely you, um, but um, 
it's definitely something. So something is going on. And I think the first step is go uh, for a thorough evaluation, an assessment of the issue. So somebody like me, for example, who has a knowledge in, se- in sexuality will ask a ton of questions to get to the bottom of this and find out uh, what is actually going. If he doesn't want to uh, come with you, then... Um, then or then send him himself like if he doesn't want to go as a couple then he needs to uh, he needs to consult but you need to put that out there and ha- it's like a boundary with a consequence you have to be able to say i will not marry you i will not have a relationship with you unless we work on this together like ignoring the problem is causing exactly what you described distancing disconnection until you're going to move so far away that there won't be any way to get back so and it will spell the end of the relationship anyway. So getting help is definitely the the first step. If we can figure out what's wrong, we can fix it somehow, right? So we have to figure out what's wrong first and, uh, and, and then go. Do we have someone on the line, Chris, who wants to go on air? Oh, no? Okay. Uh, so what other questions do you have? 514-800 to text in, or, of course, you can always uh, uh, call in at 514 uh, Let's see. I'm going through some relationship trouble right now and could use an outside uh, perspective. I recently caught my girlfriend of four years in a fairy, fairly serious lie. She was told me she was going out with her friend Julie, not her real name, for drinks downtown. I happened to be downtown and decided to pop into the place where they usually hang out. Of course, Julie was there, but she informed me that she had made no plans that evening to meet my girlfriend. After trying to reach her on her phone all night, I finally got in touch with her at 1 a.m. and confronted her with the lie. She finally admitted that she was actually with a guy that she was friends with in college and that everything was okay because she only had one drink and then went to... uh, dinner. She feels she has the right to hang out with guy friends. Oh no, her excuse for lying about the whole thing was that she felt I couldn't have handled the the truth. She feels she has the right to hang out with guy friends and she thought I would be jealous if she told the truth. But I'm not at ease. I went on to discover some other adventures of hers from the past and that don't look uh, so great. I don't know if there's any way to restore the trust, and I think things might be over. She swears she never cheated, but I guess I'm having trouble believing it. So is this a serious lie? Could she be trusted in other situations? Has she been trustworthy before? Like, I believe there's an issue here. There's a definitely um, an issue uh, uh, with trust. She needs to be an open book. If you want to have good trust in a relationship, you shouldn't be feeling like you're hiding stuff. Okay. Uh, so being an open book, it's not like you have to be able to have a conversation about this. It's not just about having, uh, guys, guy friends, you know, uh, what's going on with this. So there's, uh, there's that. And you talk about stuff from the past. First of all, Things she might have done when she was young and stupid, maybe, don't need to be held against her unless you learn things like she has cheated on every other guy she's ever been with, and then that tells you something about her. We evaluate all the time the people we are dating to see if they make good partners, and we should be doing that. So maybe there's 
something that uh, is not sitting well with you. So add that to the uh, ease with which she uh, lied, then uh, you definitely have a a trust issue going on there. So it's going to take some time to work that through. And the, the the first step is the person has to be an open book. Uh, another texture, a texture writes in, same exact problem with my girlfriend. She does not want to solve it via counseling or even sharing her feelings. Faced with some important decisions, and we are in our 50s, time is uh, ticking. So um, if, if she doesn't want to go uh, into counseling, you go. You go to help you figure out uh, what you can do about it. And maybe if she sees that you're going, and maybe there's a way to get your partner into the therapy. Sometimes it's by by saying, okay, I'm going to go get help for myself, and then uh, the therapist wants to see you one time. This will help her help me better, so without making her be the problem kind of thing. Because sometimes people don't want to go to counseling to face these problems that they have. But you also need to have what's important in relationships are boundaries and consequences. I'm sorry, but you have to be able to say, look, I don't want to live like this. And unless we work through this together, um, what's, what's the, or else, right? At some point, like I, you won't be able to do it anyway. It will not sit well with you. So there you go. All righty. So coming up very shortly, is our kink panel, the Valentine's edition of our kink panel. But I have a question for them, and that is, uh, why do people view BDSM as, like, violent, or BDSM porn as violent porn? Is there a difference? A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Yay, it's that time of the month, our kink panel in studio. We got lots to talk about, like the violent part of BDSM exchange. Like, why do people see it as, like, violent porn? Like, or what's the difference between actual violent porn and BDSM porn, for example. We'll also talk about Valentine's Day, having a kinky Valentine. Joining uh, me in studio, Pierre and Catherine of BDSM Circle. Hello. Hello. Uh, Dane Stewart, who's an advocate for the human pup community. By the way, if you have questions, especially about these, the human pup community, which might I don't know, confusing for some people. Uh, he's an artist and founder of TalkingDogProductions.ca. Very apropos name, I must say, Dane. It's because <laughs> I myself am a talking dog. That's sorts. right. <laughs> Love it. And Gary Major, who is a longtime kinkster who's into body modification, tattooed from head to toe, literally. Uh, he is, you can find him at Mr. Bear on any given day, a, a fetish store in the village. Okay, so let me start off with this first. Yesterday, uh, was it yesterday? One of the, this week anyway, I was talking about a survey that was done. It was like a a big college campus sex survey. And they asked about um, porn use and such. And and, um, I think it was that survey. Anyway, whatever. It was one survey. And people were asking... Uh, like, okay, have you watched violent porn? So that's it. Have you watched violent porn? And what they discovered was that for a lot of people, they categorized the BDSM as violent porn. And I was like, wait a minute. 
I think there's a difference. So I figured I'd let you guys kind of speak about porn, BDSM, that kind of thing. I know I'm just throwing this topic at you because you, nobody was prepared for it, but that's how the show goes. You know very well that that's anything can come up, right? Okay, so I know you guys are prepared and know know all about this. Well, were, were we looking at you with the deer neck and the headlight <laughs> Right, thing? right. No. <laughs> I'm sure you have something to say about it, but, but it brings us into the discussion about uh, violence in... Entre guillemets, like in, in, in quotation marks, right? Violence um, in, in terms of BDSM and the perception of it as being uh, violent. So, and I, I'm not denying that there's probably real violent porn out there. Mm-hmm. I've never, I personally don't look for that stuff or I haven't mm. seen it, but there must be. Catherine. <laughs> well, first of all, I don't actually watch a lot of porn. Okay. Um, however, I certainly have. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, okay, I'd rather. Um, <laughs> however, people's perception when you say BDSM is just about the violence. And it really is so much more. Right. It's, it's um, often a, an authoritarian and submissive dynamics. It's um, body sensations, physical sensations, and... And the relationship is is a lot, uh, a big part of it. It's not just about the violent act or, and, right. and a lot of it doesn't include any violence. Right, right. You know, bondage isn't violent. Well, some people might see that as violent. Mm-hmm. Right. You also have to look at the fact that like a lot of porn, it's m- much like porn in, in general. Porn doesn't show the beginning it shows yeah. no the, context. It right? shows the end. It right. doesn't show the like the before the prep work. The the what will you do? What won't you do on camera? What can you do? What what are your experience None levels? None of the negotiating. None is of the negotiating. About. As well as they don't show the after effect of the massaging, the getting your body back to normal, the things that need to happen after very very intense sessions. Mm-hmm. They show that session. They show the hardcore. <sighs> session that's right. what you're looking for when you're looking for a lot right. of bdsm porn you're, you're not looking to see how well they took care of them at the beginning and the end you're just assuming that's taken care of if you're in in the know right you're looking for that hardcore scene right and so that can be perceived as being violent the violent part of it yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i would say that violence like beauty <laughs> is in the eye of the beholder <laughs> okay. um, yes. so it's it depends on what you're watching I, I mean like I enjoy you know being flogged or being punched in, in uh, sexual settings uh, and I'm sure that certain people would watch that and, and describe that as being violent but another thing that I wanted to comment on is that this classification of violent porn mm-hmm. uh, automatically I feel like that creates this negative connotation in your head um, where I think it's I think that's un, an unfair thing to place on porn because I think we live in a society where hmm. violence in and of itself is is fetishized and mm-hmm. is propagated through all of the the pop culture that we're consuming mm-hmm. all of the time and in all of these other formats if you're watching a TV show uh, you know you're not criticizing the violence that's in there but as soon as it moves into any sort of like violent sexuality automatically we're we're trained to think like that's that's inherently wrong. That's a good point. But if point. there is that negotiation, that consent there, if uh, all parties involved are enjoying it and consenting, you know, why does that necessarily have to be a bad thing? Right. It's part of that, the fantasy creation of, like, having spoken to porn stars, they have told me this. Like, there's a whole lot of talking that happens before they do any scene. I, I spoke to Asa Akira on, on uh, which is a, a, a very famous 
porn star for Pornhub. And uh, this is what she was telling me is that so much discussion goes into, I don't like to be touched there. Mm -hmm. I don't like it like this. I don't like it like that. Like, this is what you're going to do. This is how I want it. This is what I don't want to do. These are my limits. She says all of that discussion takes place. And this is for just regular porn, right? Um, all of that discussion takes place beforehand. Especially in this day and age of the like the whole the Me Too movement and things like that. Something that's done wrong, even in a porn sense or even in a porn setting, in a professional porn setting, can still be misstrewed as sexual assault. If it's not on your consent list, if it's not on your rider or you are on your contract and someone does something on, to you on set, that is legitimate. I mean, there are porn actresses and, and, and actors that have come out in the same movement of like being... They've been right. raped and they've been sexually right. assaulted on camera. On set, right. Because Thinking... they couldn't do anything about it on camera. Like it was, it's the same kind of thing. Like they, the, all, all the stuff that we don't see is the stuff that makes the actual filming of these scenes so much better because these actors are, are prepared and are ready for it. Right. And so what turns out to be violent in most people's eyes is right. so well prepared and so well laid out that it's, it's Let, almost... Yeah. It, and let's know, be clear, we're not talking about like snuff films no, or no. things like that. No. We're talking about legal, legal produced porn here. Yeah. Catherine? Okay. Yeah, you <laughs> lost. Say, I was going to say about the snuff film too. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. were you? Yeah. <laughs> you could say. What were you going to say? Um, well, also, you know, a lot of what you'll see on, on porn isn't real either. Mm -hmm. Well, of so, course it's so a, the the bondage and that they've been hanging there for hours and the it it isn't real. So, um, you can, you know, you don't have to. Not, maybe not all the violence you're seeing is actually real too, and and the situation right. isn't. So that all has to be taken into consideration. It's being done for entertainment. Mm -hmm. I think just like watching. The Fast and the Furious, or mm -hmm. those kinds of knock 'em, sock 'em, you know, car chases, and and there's so much crazy stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just learned how to play. My daughter taught me Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I actually, oh man, I was like, that's like Whoa, the most violent video game this ever. Is in violent. I was like. I shocked that. at how violent that was, and kids are but playing at least, this. But at least there's no female nipples, because that would be <laughs> that would be the worst thing possible for anyone to see. You are so right. I mean, it's true. And I'm thinking, do kids play this? Like, mm. no, they can't. Like, this is crazy. So I'm thinking, kids are playing this. This is what they see. Then they're going to porn. That's what they see. Whoa! Like living in a complete fantasy world. Actually, I'm afraid exactly about this because you're mentioning the Fast and Furious and some kid would go out and start to drive cars like this or do some of this action, not realizing that they could get killed. Well, that's it. If or, you think that that's how you drive a car, hello. And then some kid would think that love is what they see on porn, the right. violent porn, uh, you know, spitting in the mouth of uh, their right. partner or and stuff like this. It's like, I, right. I don't know. Um, I still believe that we should have the sexual course in school sometimes. Well, yes, I think mm. we all can agree that we need some sex education, but we also need to talk about uh, porn literacy, what pe what mm -hmm. the kids see in porn. We need to address BDSM because they will come across it. Mm -hmm. Like all this stuff needs to be actually discussed at some age. I'm not talking about telling ten year olds this, but certainly uh, but in high that's, school. That, I, I don't agree with that. I think even at ten, like I mean, like there there discussions need to. Ha I mean, surely you don't need to go into and this is how you tie up your boyfriend yeah, at ten that's years not old. What we're talking but I'm about, saying, right. I'm saying there has to be. Discussions 
discussions. Like there's always this a discussion at Pride when, you know, the kinky people come out and walk the parade and it's like, oh my God, my child is seeing this. How mm-hmm. do I explain it to them? You, you, you explain it to them. Like it's not that difficult. Kids understand things better than adults do. It's not that difficult to have a simple conversation going, that person likes to wear a mask and that's okay. Just like you'd like to dress up like a princess, that person likes to dress up like a puppy. Right. You know, these conversations are really easy to have, but people don't want to have them because right. it's so scary. Well, people, and we well, don't, they scary. also don't want to turn their kids into adults, but they're letting them play, you know, yeah, Grand Call Theft of Duty Auto. and Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't have the words for it. Like, I want to, you know, let, let me, let's That's give people too. a break here. Um, I think it, it, it's difficult yeah. for parents to find the language if they don't even have the language for it so and especially when you get past the vanilla stuff like how to make a baby and you start talking about people are into some different things and whatever else yeah many of most of us don't have that language so i think this is one of the reasons we do this show of course is to give people your average person just you know a little bit of knowledge and and language to speak about this even with their kids simply because the kids are exposed to it so you want to make sure and or at least tell them what you see there all of it is is fantasy and it's a movie and it's just like watching disney like if you were watching something (laughs) that's fake or a fantasy there are no real princesses or there are no real you know prince and shiny armor or whatever mm-hmm. we have to be able to 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 talk with them um about this as well without necessarily going into all uh, all the detail no, until but you they can ask the questions mm-hmm. let them ask the questions and then be there to answer them uh we've got lots of texts coming in for our kink panel tonight pierre Catherine, dane and gary in studio we're going to talk about uh, having a kinky valentine at some point tonight as well do you uh, think you'd want to have a kinky Valentine, we'll uh, we'll find out. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion CJD 800. Our kink panel tonight, you know, just to put everybody in uh, because I know they can't uh, see you or your ages. Pierre and Catherine, what? What generation are you? Could we just so people understand? Because you've been in the kink biz for a long time. Well, we're at give, the me end. A, give me give me a range. We're at the end of the I'm baby your boomer. age. Yeah, <laughs> are you my age? I am. You're I'm your age. age. Okay. I'm, you, not, so should, I, I'm okay to say my age. Okay. I, I'm 55, almost yeah. 56. So me yes, too. end of the baby boomer. Uh, that's us. And Dane, you young pup. I'm a full blown <laughs> millennial. I'm 28. And, I, and, Gary, and I'm a Gen Xer. So okay. Yeah. Which is what age for people who? Well, I'm you know, 48. Right? So, 48. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Uh, so, well, you've all been in in the kink world for quite some time. My whole life. Yeah. My whole adult life. Your whole uh, yeah, adult my life. whole adult life. Yes, of course. Actually, this person had a good question. Um, he says, "I'm sure the question has been asked, but do people that are into BDSM usually have a childhood where they get got spanked a few times?" Does it have any connection with getting spanked as a child? Well, I mean, on one show, I, I, I when I was, <laughs> my therapist found my, my, my uh, root of my BDSM, okay. what we think was my root of my, which was the fact that I, I was, I was abused, quote unquote, as a child, uh, uh, heavily spanked when okay. I was younger, um, and that the when I took the spanking well, my father was up, was proud of me. 
which then my therapist was like, are you kidding me? 20 years worth of therapy and we're ready to go. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> now it. Now we that's, get it. Okay. We get it. It's done. You're, so you're, there, you're cured. There could definitely be, be some roots to that. Anecdotally, I think there's lots of evidence that suggests that events happen in childhood that will eventually coalesce into our sexual fascinations as adults. But I, I would also argue that that's, it's not always the case. No, it's not always the case. People just realize when they're 23 that they really like feet. And... Right. <laughs> Although I've, I've managed, I've had a few foot fetishists in my practice and we've managed to always find the root, like where it, where the connection was made, mm. you know, was well, like, I mean, yeah, usually, usually it develops from your masturbatory, like your years of like figuring out what, turns you on and... well no it's usually the pairing of something that wouldn't normally turn you on but somehow gets paired during that time right yeah. so it's uh which is so interesting like mm -hmm. whether it's female clothing or you know silky stuff which translates later into female clothing like there's all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. with that Catherine, do you have something to say about that Ch early childhood influences you know i have always been stirred by BDSM as opposed to vanilla sex. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I remember saying as a kid, like an old John Wayne movie, and where he'd like grab her and 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 be rough, be rough. And I remember thinking, oh, and it just like that would grab my attention as opposed to the soft kissing and stuff. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I just, it just always was kind of what caught my attention was where I was my fascination. Mm -hmm. But you know, and any history of. Of, uh... I mean, I I was spanked occasionally when I deserved it, but mm -hmm. I I don't think that how many really of us were sexualized like... for that. I don't think that sexualized for me at all. Okay, so that but I also think in, in four of our four of uh, the four of us here besides Dane, our generation, it was not uncommon like right. like spanking was exactly. like well of course that's what you do to your child right like, yeah exactly i, I don't, I don't know how many times i saw a kid get swatted in the supermarket like that right. and that was just of course that's what's happening right. that would make a lot of people kinky then yeah. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of people it, are <laughs> but there's so many factors that go into it Absolutely. i think that that it's uh it, it's not the one that's thing that's a great no. question though no. yeah 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 uh when i think about pain or being spanked i get a, a weird sensation on my face but i do not enjoy it so I don't know what that means, but you anyway, blush. maybe there's blush? a blush. Yeah, maybe so that's the blush. You know? It could be the shame. I don't enjoy yeah. shame, yeah. but then I enjoy the things that cause, cause me shame. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Dane. Good one. Uh, all right, a couple more things here. Um, oh, there was a version of Grand Theft Auto Five <laughs> made it possible to perform sexual assault and virtual rape it was pulled off the shelves. Now that I. I would draw the line at yeah. that. To me, that's... Uh... Well, I remember there was also one that had like, uh, where, where you got extra points for running over sex workers. Oh, gee. You yeah. Run, yeah, you run people over on that. Yeah. I, but like, it, it's extra so points, violent. Extra points specifically extra point. for sex workers. That like, that, yeah, that's, that's also pretty terrible. Uh, here's a question. I dated a gay, another gay guy who was into pretty intense sexual activity that left me terrified. People might enjoy the following. A guy is bound with his hands behind his back as well his feet bound he is being forced to stuff the other guy's penis in his mouth to the point of choking then being forced to remain that way for about 20 seconds until the slave is released to catch his breath i was assured it was safe but i think otherwise could this be a criminal act even if both are consenting so no. you, okay 
Because it's consent. Well, yeah, but, but, but the nature pushes, of consent is, yes. is that consent is not, it does not always move forward. Consent can stop at any time. Right. You have to be able to stop it. Was My question is, was there a safe word? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Was there a safe See, I'm learning from you guys. Yes, you right? are. Uh, so there has to have been a safe word. And if after the safe word was set, or in that case, because the person is gagged, it has to be an action. I learned from Catherine, you have to have keys in your, something in your hand that jiggles or some mm-hmm. noise or something. Something that you that you agree on ahead of time, and if the partner did not stop when you said, then then yeah, it would be an assault. Oh, of course, right? But okay. I, I, that said, I mean, despite the fact that it, it could probably be defined as a criminal act, it would be really hard to impossible prove. to prove. Unfortunately, just the way that the criminal justice system is set up. But, right. Right. Yeah, I, and I've actually seen cases like this, uh, similar kind of things, not as as extreme as this, but when you're venturing into this, before you consent to something, you you really be tied up and vulnerable, right? Because you are vulnerable, mm-hmm. you may want to go a little slower than mm-hmm. that, and. Uh, you know, not just, oh, are you sure this is safe? Of... It's like, right, we, yeah. we don't have the, the don't whole have the context of it, but nonetheless, you, but you want to protect yourself, oh, right? Absolutely. So you want to make sure just because somebody says, no, no, don't worry, it's safe, that may not be enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you are in a vulnerable position, so uh, there's that. Another text writes, Pierre and Catherine could be my children. Uh, to give an age reference, been in the scene for a very long time, so... Very long, very, very long time. (laughs) I have pretty much seen most everything. I am shocked, though, to the point I shut down my my computer at the level of violence. So I don't know if the violence in porn has has evolved or changed. I I imagine so from the time this person who must be in his 70s might be very, very different uh, in terms of uh, what's out there. Uh, this one you might be able to answer, uh, Gary. I was seeing someone that had a clit ring. I thought that meant to play with it more. She didn't like it. Then, then why did she get it? So you know about body modification and piercings. Why do people get their genitals pierced? Well, for for different reasons. Some people just okay. get it for the adornment, of course. Like okay. everybody just likes pretty nice. things. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But other people get it because just the actual having of it is the stimulation enough. Um, like, like say having a PA ring, which is the, the ring that goes through the urethra, uh, of a male, uh, Prince Albert. Uh, yeah, a Prince mm-hmm. Albert. It, the, just the having the piercing, like you don't even have to do anything to the jewelry. Mm-hmm. It causes the sensation that you need. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing probably for it, depending on if it was a hood piercing or if it is actually a clit piercing, um, a hood piercing would rub against her, her clit, clit, that's a, wow. That's a hard word for That's you, a hard it? word for my mouth today. Uh, but it, w- w- that it would would cause that sensation, and that's all you need. You don't need the extra like. Mm-hmm. And so all it doesn't that. So, indicate that you w- no. This is what you want. No. Or just like some people think that if you have a, a tongue mm-hmm. piercing, that you must but, like oral sex right. or no. performing oral sex. Yeah, that's not, is that a myth also? Yeah, I mean, ev- there's every some piercing do, myth is how er, is a myth. Like there's really like there's no. It's like the left ear meant you were gay in the 80s no, right. it, it's all a myth it just was you know it, something some to say some people yes some people no right, right? That, yeah. that's the way it works yeah. right so now I want all of you guys to think of one thing that you could uh, if, if we want to give advice to our listeners on how to make this Valentine's a little more kinky and let's just say they are 
uh, we're talking to vanilla people, but they want to you know, explore a little bit. So you, each of you are going to give one one little piece of advice for our listeners. How's that? You you guys on board with that? Sounds okay, good. wonderful. Our kink panel tonight. We we meet up the first Wednesday of every month, and boy, do we always learn a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. The Kink Panel in studio tonight. Pierre and Catherine of BDSM Circle. Dane Stewart, he's an advocate for the human pup community. You can find them on Facebook, uh, WoofMTL. WoofMTL, Woof Woof. Woof Woof, yeah. (laughs) And Gary Major, who you can find at Mr. Bear, a fetish store in the village. Uh, And we cover all generations here, Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> exactly. The la- all last three generations uh, represented in this. Uh, well, bes- I- I'll take myself out of it because I, you know, I- you guys are the practicers. But let's. Um, I asked you the question about uh, we. Let's say you want to kink it up a little bit. Just you know, one notch up, two notches up. What what do we begin with? What's a good thing to buy that's not going to freak your partner out? First of all, because you have to be careful when you buy sex gifts. Uh, you know, don't come home with a 12-inch dildo and that your partner's never had one before and then suddenly say, here, honey. <laughs> That's not going to fly. You know what? Hit Walmart. Hit they Walmart? Ha- yes, because Why? they have... What are you going to get there? I'll tell you, they're, at this time of the year, they have the lingerie cheap. So you would and go with lingerie. So go with lingerie and then you can always like build around it and do role playing and stuff like that. But get something that um, is somewhat comfortable, which you can get at Walmart and you can get her like three or four different ones because they're like 15, 20 bucks each where they're normally going to be like, you know, a lot more. Okay. You can easily pay like 80, 100 even for one that's not that fancy. So get her a few outfits. She'll like one of them. And, um, you know, you can always kink it up. It's easy to kink them up. when How? What do you do to kink them up? What do you do to kink it up? Well, you can buy a blindfold if it's if it's a new someone new, right? And um, just to add on to that, though, if you're buying it from Walmart, how to kink it up? Rip it off of her. <laughs> it's Walmart uh, yes, lingerie. You're not true. wasting a lot of money. That's true. <laughs> that's you know. a good point. I like that. That's a good point. Okay, that's true. There's one. Dane, what about you? My suggestion is for keep also keeping it kinky on the cheap. Uh, I want to preface it by saying maybe don't surprise your partner or partners with with this because it okay. might be a bit of a shock. But I say if you want to keep it kinky and do kink on a dime, head to the pet store. Pet <laughs> okay. store is a great place okay. to go. It's uh, affordable. You can get a nice uh, nice little dog collar there. Advocating for the human pups, woof woof. Okay. Uh, a dog collar. They will also like. There's a pet store at least here in the village where they print out uh, like dog tags that you okay. can hang around the collar, so you can have like your name or your partner's oh, name. Oh, that's cute. On the dog okay. Tag. You can get a leash, and you know what? Just the collar and the leash. It automatically adds this like. I mean, if you're into it, which obviously I am. Yeah. <laughs> this ah, like Mr. really passionate about um, pups. Yes. Like, <laughs> sexy power exchange dynamic. Right. So that's the power uh, exchange. That yeah. Would be, right. Of course, if you just surprise your partner, then that could shock them. But you could also yes. you don't have to buy that for to for the collar to go on them. You could also buy it 
for you. For yourself, and, right. Uh, and like encourage them to put it on you and, and do that yeah. sort of play. Well, that okay, can also be that. master-slave too. Right, it, it can exactly. also be pop, mm-hmm. but it can just be for the dynamics of throw that with the next day. Or, yeah. or you bring it and you say, okay, honey, who wants to be the master? Who wants to be the slave? Like if yeah. you've never done sure. it before, you may not know which role you actually yeah. like. And then you might be able to say, let, let, try both. let's try it. Let's actually, let's pretend play, mm-hmm. you know, because this is what it's all about. It's about pretend play. And fun. Right. I mean, obviously fun. That's what you want. You don't want to hurt your partner. You just want to have fun in that way. What would you, Gary? Well, for me, I mean, considering that I do work in the fetish retail market, I would say shop. (laughs) But I wouldn't say shop as in just go to a store and buy something and bring it home and go, "Uh." I would say go together and go shopping. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of someone taking me shopping for something. Even if it's not, we don't even buy anything. It's just the looking that can be so much fun and it sparks conversation right you go to some place like 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 our store and you get to see puppy hoods and you can try them on and it's like well what was this and then you could like get what to talk about it afterwards right. get to talk about it afterwards and like oh that was kind of funny and oh we got a picture for instagram and this is so right. cute and you know who knows where that could lead <laughs> right. um or you okay. go to someplace like pre-op who has an entire floor of toys like or any of the sex stores right. you go into them and you can see toys in different styles and have these wonderful you know professionals that are going to help you go well what are you looking for or what interests you or blah blah and right. even if you don't walk away with anything you've got this spark and the spark can lead to who knows what right. the rest of the night. That's a, uh, probably a really night, fun date night. Go for dinner and then go to the sex shop. They're open late anyway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What time is Mr. Bear open to? Like, uh, on the weekends, late? we're open to like 11 o'clock. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's you could good. meet Gary. Yeah, you could. Yeah, go, go <laughs> meet And that Gary. can spark a lot. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what do you think, Pierre? Actually, the, everybody has a good idea, but I would go for really cheap. Sit down together in front of the computer mm-hmm. go to one of the sex stores uh website and look at the outfit and talk about you see some somebody wearing leather yeah what that's do you true feel about you can this? shop that way that's then you true. can shop and you don't have if you're let's say shy to go into a real sex store or right. something which like a this. lot of people are but mm-hmm. the thing the, the the goal is to start that discussion right I, th- I think that's the best thing is is you want to start that kind of uh, discussion i just want to share our passion poet wade in tonight it's kink night on passion maybe it's not your thing get out the rope pull out some string create a safe word don't be too rough make sure you don't lose the key the key to the handcuffs cover her with chocolate then pour a little wine then ask her very softly to be your kinky valentine Oh, that's really good. It's kind of cute. Uh, let's see. Someone else wrote, any type of binding should never be an actual binding. But you, you when you're binding somebody, you have to know how to bind. Like there yes. are actual courses mm-hmm. that people take yep. for rope. Plane. But the Absolutely. general rule is you don't use like a, a, a string. Right. You don't or, use a thin or, rope. Yeah. You use a thicker rope as well. Yeah. Or anything, or any like cheap nylon ropes. Or, and I think maybe what they're talking about as well is things like zip ties and stuff that you use for buying. Like you, you can, you do not do that as somebody that's starting out you can use anything for anything if you're right. experienced in what these things right. can do and you have right. the safety precautions anything can be used but you don't use the cheap things that you find at a hardware store and then as a starter and think that you're going to be able to figure them out without actually causing them. exactly that's the, the, scary the thing Very. you have to remember is never block the, the the blood circulation never do something that could uh, jeopardize the, the health. This is why you right. take course. Uh, you can do any type of nut you want or anything like this, but this is what you have to remember. So uh, 
yeah, of course, I think would be a good thing if you want to go into these things. Okay. There's no, no, there's all kind of people who give these courses. But I think, I think uh, the binding, sh yeah, should be loose yeah. enough, and and the, a person should. Uh, anyway, there has to be some discussion and safe word with that because you are vulnerable when you're mm -hmm. tied up. You are mm -hmm. completely uh, vulnerable. Uh, let's see a couple of texts here. Choker chain, not good. No. That's right. <laughs> no, that no, no, you no, no, do no. not want. No. Or, or that's anything. dangerous. Person or dog. Right. Exactly. Or person dog. Or person, or person dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> you guys crack me up. Uh, all right. We always have a good time. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So. Pierre and Catherine, where can people find you? And just give us an tell me a little bit about the website, BDSM Circle, because it's been a while since I've asked you that. Okay, it exists since the 2000. It's been 20 years. Wow. Uh, we have all kind of stuff there. Right. <laughs> uh, the biggest it's problem, huge. It's huge. The biggest problem we have is the lack of time to try to put new stuff on it because... Right. You need to find yourself in that administrator. It's by And it's bilingual. And it's about, like, 3,000 pages. Oh, my so. goodness. It's, it's, it's big. If, if you're looking for information, you can probably find it's it there. There's a great there. story. There's ads. Whoa. So all sorts of good all right. stuff. BDSMcircle.com. Dane, uh, so if people want to know more about the pup community, where should they go? Head over to Facebook. We've got a group there called Woof MTL. You've got a request to join, but uh, once you join, we've got tons of postings about events. You can get to know other members uh, and come out and meet some pups in a safe and welcoming environment. Any any women in the pup community? Or there are. Oh, there, there are, are women. Okay, uh, so it's women. A... They're non-binary folks, gender queer folks. So okay, it's definitely a community that is. Uh, there are more gay men than I would say any other community, but there are definitely people from uh, across the spectrum of gender identity. Okay. And uh, Gary, uh, when can people go, you know, meet you and check out your tats, man? <laughs> well, I'm usually in the store uh, Tuesday through Saturdays. Okay. Uh, I mostly work in the back because I'm part of the production team. So ask for him. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let, uh, when people come in and assume that somebody else is me, which I always think is hilarious. I'm the only one with heavily tattoos in the heavy, thing but some I people heavy. I heard you on the radio no that's oh, another that... person okay <laughs> yeah but no I'm in the store usually Tuesday through Saturdays I'm always in the back working on some sort of new contraption to and it's and on... excite people's lives and we're yes. on uh, we're on Saint, uh, we're on St. Catherine uh, at uh, Penne okay St. Catherine and Penne well that's wonderful thank you and uh, people can go and have a visit. Now, I want to end this show by saying one thing, which uh, a colleague of mine had said at first. So I didn't invent it. Uh, don't yuck someone else's yum yeah. <laughs> is the bottom line for our King panel. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for all these amazing texts that we got tonight. And thanks to our technical producer, Chris Aiken, as well. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you will find the podcasts of all past shows, including this one. So if uh, you want someone, a, a friend of yours, to hear what we talked about, then please uh, go ahead and share. We'd be happy. Uh, coming up next on CJD, we bring you this CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.